I'll be home in the morning. Where are you going? I'm staying over at Susie's tonight. Snow. The flyer. The papers call him the grabber. I wish you wouldn't call him that. You don't actually believe that story, do you? Because he can't hear you. And he doesn't really take kids that safe. Well, isn't that just peachy king? You need some help? You see that? Yeah. <laughs> Would you hand me my hat? Yes, sir. I am a part-time magician. Are those black balloons in there? Would you like to see a magic trick? I have an announcement to make. One of our students, Finney Blake, was abducted. What if I could help the police find Finney? Welcome to episode 341 of Aussie Tells All. Welcome back, Adam, to the podcast today. Thank you. How are you doing? Doing well. How's California treating you today? Oh, it's sunny. It's 60 degrees. Can't beat it. Well, that's good to hear. At least you have some sun. That's good to hear. We uh, It's like 44, I think, and a little par- partly cloudy. Oh! Yeah. At least the dice melted away, so that's good for walks at least. But, yeah. That's important. <laughs> it is it is all right well today we're doing a movie podcast today um doing the black phone um first of all the black phone was released in 2021 directed by uh scott derrickson the main cast was ethan hawk the grabber miguel Cazares mora robin mason thames finney madeline mcgraw was gwen Brady Harper was Vance. What was your thoughts on the casting that was done on this film? Well, I didn't really know anybody except for Ethan Hawke. Um, and there's, yeah, that, there's the one guy from uh, Justified, the skinny guy that played the abusive dad, mm-hmm. whose name is escaping me right now. But um, that guy was, those good guys were fine. But I mean, it was kids, you know? Yeah. I thought the, the, the girl, sold the show, I thought, sold the show a lot, I think. The little girl, Gwen. Oh yeah, she was great. She was fantastic. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah, she she was good. Um, all right, now, what is your guess the box office number? What would you think it made at the box office there in the theaters? Well, it was kind of during the pandemic, so I I wouldn't I wouldn't predict too much. Hmm. There there was no, I mean there was no there wasn't a lot of box office. Uh, that's a thought as well, but I was surprised the number. It was a big number. Actually. Okay. Well, go ahead and tell me. I, I don't really have a good guess. All right. 
It's uh, $161.4 million it made at the box office. It made $160 million? $161.4 million, yeah. That's great. I was like, whoa, I didn't know. I thought it was like, a, like, a, like a, a release to like Peacock only. I thought it was, that's what it was. But I guess it went theaters first somewhere, somehow. And people, I guess, saw it, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, that's news to me, too. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I thought, it, I thought it was direct release to On Demand like you did. Yeah, I, I didn't hear about the movement toss on Peacock a while back. I was like, oh, there you go. But yeah, I guess it's been after a couple of years at least. So yeah, there you go. All right, well, here's a brief synopsis of the film before we get started here. So Finney Shaw is a shy but clever 13-year-old boy who's being held in a soundproof basement by a sadistic masked killer when a dis- disconnected phone on the wall starts to ring. He soon discovers that he can hear the voices of the murderer's previous victims and they are dead set on making sure that what happened to them does happen to Finney. Um, just your thoughts on what the premise of this movie is real quick. Well, it's a, it's a based on a story by Stephen King's son, right? I, I have no idea what it's based on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the source material is what's that guy's name? Joe, Joe, Joe Hill. That's it. Okay. So it was a short story that Joe Hill wrote. Joe Hill is Stephen King's son, and he's a hmm. he's a really good writer, and he's he's done some really cool horror theme shit, and this is one of them. Oh, um, nice. So the story about like this, you know, there's a lot of child abduction stories, and how do you make it interesting? And mm-hmm. Joe Hill gave it this sort of weird ghosty angle where all the prior kids that are being tortured could contact the current kid being tortured through this like ominous old analog phone yeah. in the basement. It's a it's a cool idea. I thought it was fantastic way, way to tell a story. It was really, yeah, it's well done. Yeah, and it and yeah. th- there's like what four or five different kids that contact our main kid, yeah. giving him clues on on what to do and how to survive this. And all four or five of the other ghosty kids, they all have their own little personality type and their strengths and weaknesses. And he's got to build all that together to to defeat the grabber played by <laughs> Ethan Hawke. So it's, and that's cool. Yeah, and I thought it was cool to see Ethan Hawke actually in this role, like just be a darker. Um, Guy with, with with like no, I, I think I, I I think he said one word. I think in this whole film, he may say one, one one or two words at all. But he's a very very uh, emotional. Um, what I'm trying to say, emotional. Uh, uh, try, I guess if you say without any words that much, you know, being spoken. He, he talks when he has that creepy mask thing on, doesn't he? He's like, yeah, he's but not, it's very it's very little he talks though. It's like a few lines here or there. Hmm. but it's like, like he goes down to the basement talks to the guy a little bit a couple of times here and there but i was like yeah it's pretty cool to see him do a different role than, than i'm used to seeing him in you know yeah all those like stupid late 90s like romance <laughs> movies with uma Thurman and all that shit this is way more fun oh absolutely all right well we start the movie here uh we start story with a baseball game played by, by the boys in denver 1978 after the game uh the Bruce on a bicycle, who's a pitcher in the game, uh, rides his, bu- his bike, and then a black murder van appears. Then uh, goes in the opening credits. Uh, what did you think of the setup for the whole film? There, the opening scene. It's cool. It's very uh, Americana, right? A little slice of uh, the Midwest. Kids. I think the movie's set in like the seventies, early eighties, yeah, something like that. Yeah, seventy-eight. Yeah. Okay, and like kids are out, and they've got their you know, bell bottoms on and they're, <laughs> they're heavy sweaters cause it's fall and they're playing baseball, which is, yeah. you know, it doesn't get much more American than that. Right. Apple pie as well. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, uh, it really sets the scene for what kind of town this is going to happen in. And I think that's kind of part of the creepiness is like, this is every town USA. It's also a big town. It's in Denver, Colorado. So it's a, it's a big town as well. Big city. Well, yeah. Close enough to Denver, right? It's outside Denver though, isn't it? Oh, I said Denver in the thing. It says in Denver, Colorado. But oh, I thought it was a suburb. Oh, uh, who knows? But it's in the area, though. It's in the area. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Robin fights the kid Moose. Then Finn goes to school, the school bathroom, and Ro- Ro- Robin walks in, cleans his bu- his bloody hands, and tells the the bullies, "Don't mess with." Thin or else what do you make of the the cheesy scene in the bathroom at the high school or whatever they're out there at school i think it's just showing you that this kid robin is 
isn't isn't one to be trifled with, even at his <laughs> young age. You know what I mean? Yeah. That like, if you're gonna abduct this kid and do your creepy, weird grabber shit, Ethan Hawke, you better watch out because this kid's a fighter. I think that's all it's really doing. Okay, yeah, I I agree with that one. Um, because like he's not really a like a big buff dude, but he's like he's fucking he's a badass. Yeah, I mean, you remember like the toughest kids in middle school? They weren't the biggest kids. They were just yeah. like the scrappiest kids. Like when I was in grade school, like I thought, like I was, you know, great, third grade or whatever, I was getting blown by this one big kid, grader. Like it's like if it was now, I'd be like you're a big kid, you know. But like you're a small kid, but I'm bigger than you, you know. So it's one of those things, right? But, uh, but yeah, but but now Gwen, the sister of Finn, um, sister, and she has these dreams about the grabber grabbing kids with the black balloons and. She talks to police and tells them sometimes my dreams come are are true. Um, now, do you believe people have special powers like like this in reality? I do. I think there is. I think there is a third eye element to the world, and I I don't. I couldn't explain it, you know, entirely. But I do believe that some people sense things, or okay. perhaps even see things or dream about things, and I don't know what to make of that other than probably just strong intuition. Yeah. Uh, but I do think the brain is very mysterious and that mm. it, it knows things that we can't exactly verbalize all the time. Yeah. I, I'm just not really feeling people have a third sense or a sixth sense or whatever <clears throat> you want to call it. But, you know, I can't say it's for sure though, but I, I just don't <coughs> believe in that sort of mind. You're a skeptic. I am. I am. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, that's fine. I mean, you can be wrong. That's cool. That's what makes a good <laughs> podcast is, is Discord. Uh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now, what did you make of Gwen and Finn's drunk piece of shit dad beating Gwen with the belt? And because detectives went to his work to tell him about Gwen's dreams. Um, yeah, that was so that was the name of the actor that I was complimenting earlier, Jeremy oh. Davies. Okay. Uh, he He was on the show Justified as like one of the it's on my list to watch that show. It's on my list still. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I thought his performance was very good. Jeremy Davies oh, is like this this really insecure, drunken mm-hmm. dad whose life is broken because the mom is gone and he just yeah. takes it out on the kids because he doesn't know how to deal. I mean, it's, a, it's an awful person to be, but those, yeah. those dudes exist. And I felt like Jeremy Davies really nailed it. So, yeah, it's a tough scene to watch. You know, no one wants to watch child abuse. No. But yeah. at the same time, like that shit's real. Yep. Yeah, it's sad, but the guy played it well. Like he played it like up to the T, like of of a drunk guy or uncle, whatever dad, you know, just like out of control, you know. Yeah, especially like the late seventies, the scrawny, ugly dude like Jeremy Davies. That's totally the type of guy to take out his anger on an innocent child. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now we know that Robin is taken from the grabber because um, he walks, he walks, and the black van appears and fade to black. Now. A couple of scenes later, a guy with a top hat drops his groceries, shows him a magic trick with the black balloons, and Finn is shoved into the black man uh, van and now is in a room underground with the grab, grabber we, we, with the weird-ass mask. What do you think of this predicament he's in right now? Oh, it sucks. I mean, you're probably thinking, oh, shit, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get child molested. Like, this isn't good. Like you, you don't, you don't want like if you're a if you're yeah. a little boy, you don't want some dude abducting you. Like at least be like an old hot cougar or something <laughs> like this. Everything's pointing in the wrong direction right now for Finn. Well, that's the good. I mean, the worst case scenario, is, best case scenario is being molested. Unfortunately, that's probably the that's best your best case, case scenario. Is that what you said? Without getting, you, if you don't want, I think get, you, you know, and I have pretty different degrees of best I, and worst. I mean, I mean, best <laughs> case scenario, being molested. Worst case scenario, getting killed. You know? You're. <laughs> Oh, you mean the best likely scenario? Yes, yeah. Not the actual. You're saying you said the best case scenario is he gets molested. Well, I mean, <laughs> the best case scenario is he escapes, right? Like, yeah. I mean, well, that. I'm, I'm, I'm just like saying, uh, you know, of the two evils. I mean, the thing better. Have, I had, I, I digress, but yeah, yeah. I, I meant to say whatever. I meant. All right. Well, okay. what you said was very funny. <laughs> I, I know, I know what you meant, but I like giving people oh, shit when they oh, screw up like oh, that. Oh, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Now, in the underground room, there is a black phone, hence the movie titled Black Phone. And anyways, uh, the phone line is cut, but now the phone is ringing. Finney 
answers and picks up the phone, but nobody's there. He screams, but it's sound soundproof room. How scared would you be if you were in the situation? Yeah, it's like you're already abducted by this fucking creepy-ass grabber dude who's probably going to molest you, and now there's ghosts in your little dungeon room, too? Like, mm-hmm. it's, like it's double freak-out. Like, you're in a shitty spot, Finn. <laughs> oh, say your damn prayers every damn minute, you know? Yeah, you're just, you're you're getting ghosts and child molesters, like, clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, you know what I mean? Yeah, not a great place to be right now, Finn, unfortunately. Stuck yeah. in the middle is Finn. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, the phone rings and someone says, don't hang up. Who is this? I don't remember my name. We met once. You almost had me. And it's Bruce, the baseball player who was taken. He tells him to dig in the foundation. What do you make of their conversation? It's cool. It's ominous. It's, you know, if all the kids knew all the clues and remembered everything, it would be a really short script. It'd be like, <laughs> The very first kid remembered exactly what to tell you to do, and he did it, and that was the end. Like, so that's no good. Yeah. So you got to have each kid have like a memory issue and know a little piece of the puzzle and help you build your way out of there gradually over the course of an hour and forty five minutes. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I like Bruce. He's a good, good kid. Rest in peace. Um, now, black phone rings again. So, someone says, "Don't go upstairs. It's a trap. It's Billy, the paper boy." And out of nowhere, the real Billy ghost appears. Some shit appears in his room with Finney. How creepy is that scene, do you think? Well, you know, um, a lot of people think that trauma leads to these, like, echoes. That okay. the, the reason that uh, you see ghosts is because there was, like, heavy trauma that affected the equilibrium of the balance of the world or whatever bullshit you want to believe in. Yeah. But if, if you do go down that line of thinking... And you think of like these five or six, you know, adolescent boys who are tortured and eventually killed down in this room. Yeah. And you believe in ghosts. It makes sense that those ghosts would linger and have and hold a grudge and want to, you know, impact those that harmed them. Yeah. And I'm guessing I know, you know, pretty well. I'm guessing that you do believe in ghosts and, and that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I believe in. Yeah. I believe in all. I believe that we don't know everything. And I think okay. that every decade we we learn again that we don't know everything like a couple years ago the united states government released like hey look at these ufos we don't know what they are and there's still people going like there's still people going like no those aren't ufos like dude the government said they don't know what they are what the hell else do you call a ufo and they're like i don't know it's, it's something else it's a sad like people will go so far to like hold to protect what they believe yeah is, is real and I and it, despite that every 10 years we learn something new, I can't believe that shit's real. I had no idea. Like, how long was it people thought the Earth was flat like or, or that the Earth was the center of the universe? Right. Like we are proven wrong again and again and again and again. I just think it's completely naive to think, you know, everything yeah. and ghosts and spirits and fortune telling and all of that falls in that weird little realm that there's something to it and i refuse to act like i i'm certain of it you know yeah i personally myself don't believe in that just because i haven't i haven't seen a ghost or a spirit or whatever possession or whatever but i'm not saying it's not real i'm just saying i haven't seen it you know yeah well those are two different things saying i haven't yeah. seen it and i don't believe it's real are two different things and if you haven't seen it you haven't seen it and let me ask you this before we move on do you believe in sasquatch no, Sasquatch, you don't. okay. Okay. Here's here's the thing with Sasquatch is that I come from a family of deer hunters. Okay. And our for generations, Pitzler men have hunted the Pacific Northwest. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and I I have seen so many weird things in the woods and sign and spore and I just think if there was something in the woods, yeah. there would be sign of them. There would be these bones or or spore or something. So unless there's some weird interdimensional creature that comes and goes you know interdimensionally as they please i just don't see any other explanation and i'm not a big fan of the the dimensional explanations to solve away mysteries i'm not saying it can't be i just don't like resorting to oh well he's from another dimension i just think it's a very convenient (laughs) it's a very convenient excuse as to why you never find any evidence there's only one one thing i do believe in is a sasquatch that was the sonic's a mascot back in the day but also the also the Spokane Falls Community College mascot. Yes, very very much. Yes, exactly. But the guy where, where we met, by the way. Yes, yes. Many many Moons. many years 
ago. Yes. <laughs> All right. Now, um, how cringy is the short? Is the shot of the grabber sitting shirtless in bud in a in a in the mask with his belt just staring at the basement door? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, nothing good comes from that, right? If you're a yeah. fan, you're like, oh shit, I don't want any part of this. <laughs> like, you don't want you don't want Ethan Hawke in a Satan mask and a belt only. Like, right. nobody nobody asked that for Christmas. No, no one did. Nobody did. Yeah. So, so, so Finney's getting a big pile of coal. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Now the now the black phone rings again. It's Paperboy, um, and tells him about loose cable and finn keeps throwing the table at the window but bars grabs both uh cables trying to crawl up the wall keeps falling the window latch falls on his face what do you think of this montage of bravery on his part well it's you know he's have you ever been in an escape room i have not i don't plan to so i've done about 10 of them okay and you go in there and there's all these weird little things falling off the walls and weird little clues and puzzles. And you, and you just start doing stuff because you know what the fuck to do. Right. And I, I feel like that's what Finney's doing. It's like, oh, there's a there's a cable here. Let's climb the wall. Let's see how high we can get. You know, <laughs> let's smash my face against this. Let's see what happens because you've got like nothing to lose. Right. Right. You're right. just trying to you're just trying to do shit. Yeah. And he's what? 13 years old, like 13, I think, at the time. 13, yeah, about that. 14. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna get hurt yourself, find yourself like you know, you know, go go and go go for the whole thing, you know. Yeah, you're you're probably getting molested and killed here shortly. <laughs> Who cares if your head smacks up against oh, the window or whatever? Like you're, or whatever, you, yeah. you've got way worse shit down the pipeline. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, now Finn picks up the phone when it didn't ring, and a kid named Griffin said. You don't have much time, he says. You have to play the game. Naughty boy. He hasn't been sleeping. Play the game. What do you make of this uh, kind of kind of bizarre uh, scene there? Well, there's some themes of child abuse in this movie, right? We mentioned yeah. the dad. And right. it's, it's obvious that this grabber guy was the victim of some sort of abuse, too. Yeah. And he's got this weird perverted way of exercising those demons. And part of it is is these boys get in trouble and he punishes them and he sort of gets off on it. And Finney's not giving not giving the grabber exactly what he wants. And Griffin is kind of like coaching him on how to play this so he can live longer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think the game Naughty Boy just a just a very makes my skin crawl. But um, we'll see that you know later on here. Um, all right now. Finn now goes to top of the steps, pushes the door open, sees the grabber sleeping in his chair, goes to the front door, tries the combo lock, he unlocks it, and Finney uh, bolts the grabber, uh, chases him, and puts a knife to his throat, then says, Nighty night, naughty boy, punches him, and he's back in the basement. How devastating is it? You come so close to escaping, but then you go, you're back where you came from from the start. Yeah, if I'm Finn and I get out of that house for one step, I am screaming so loud. Oh, I, no I don't care it. if I die at that point because it's like I'm yeah. not going back in that goddamn house. Mm-hmm. So for him to uh, fall victim to getting not a convenient movie knockout and then waking back up back yeah. in the goddamn yeah. you know room, it's it's just like I don't know. It's like do not pass go. Do not collect two hundred dollars, Finn. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You are right back in jail. I was like, "Why are you? Why are you yelling about?" It? It's like, "Oh, it's a movie." So I just make, make this go up, go longer and longer and longer. You know, make, yeah. you know. So it can't end up end like that. But yeah, there we go. Now, the black phone rings again. It's Vance Hopper says, "Today is the day, motherfucker." Uh, Gwen is in the bathtub sleeping has a dream of where Finney is and she wakes up and says now Finney digs a hole in a wall and climbs in the hole then back out because he has nowhere to go so he cries um, now the phone rings again it's Robin telling him to fill the phone with dirt and tells him to beat the shit out of the grabber this is the last call what do you think of the past couple of scenes there Um, it's it's clever. I, I liked that the kid didn't just escape. He he built a little makeshift weapon. 
yeah. by padding this old plastic phone full of dirt to give it weight and volume so that he could he could use it as a blunt object and swing it like a little mace against the <laughs> grabber's face. And, and he's again, he's getting these clues from the deceased kids who got ever so close to escaping but didn't. But collectively, they can help Finn. And it, yeah, I just like that whole premise. I just think it's a really effective plot device. Absolutely agree, hundred percent with that. Now, Gwen is now on her bike in the rain, finding the house she saw in her dreams. She found it and called it to detectives. Um, and then we see Max, who is the grabber's brother, finds Finn in the basement, is soon to be killed by the grabber with an axe to the head. Your thoughts on that death scene by uh, the grabber? I just brother. think I think giving uh, the grabber a like a brother who lives with him. I think that yeah. was kind of a mistake. I just, okay. I like, didn't like that. I didn't buy it. I, I like, I get that they set up Max. The brother is kind of like this crazy conspiracy theorist guy. Who's, yep. who's like maybe doing, he's doing Coke or something. Right. Didn't they, yep. Yep. didn't they show? So he's not quite all there, but still it doesn't seem like he's so drugged out that he wouldn't notice that his brother has been like sy- systematically like raping and killing like teenage boys for the last year. Like yeah. he, he just somehow missed all of that entirely. Right. I didn't find that very plausible. Yeah, I was like, why is he um, in this? You know, uh, one thing I could think of is, is that he's only there just to, to have to, to find the kid and then die at that very end. So can't can't, can't tell anyone that he's there. You know, but maybe he was more prominent in the short story, which I haven't read. Okay. And maybe one of your listeners would be kind enough to reach out and sure. uh, point point out the differences. But I, I don't know he felt like added on to me. Like it was a tacked on character that we didn't really need. Yeah. I, I, I agree there. I, I agree there. All right. Now we're going to the final stretch here. So detectives arrive with Gwen to the house and the, and the break in the house, they break in the house, the grabber and Finney have a, have a battle in his, and it's hits him with the phone, takes off the mat, his mask and, and chokes the grabber with the phone wire then the phone rings and it's montage of calls from the dead kids and grabber slinks down. Detectives found the dead bodies buried across the street. Finn walks out, sees the sees Gwen, and they embrace. Then other stuff happens. Uh, and uh, your thoughts on the uh, home stretch of the movie? There, how it ended. Could you, could you refresh my memory? Does does Finney kill the grabber? Yeah, he's yeah he he took him out with the wire. Okay, so the grabbers like died from asphyxiation. Yeah, asphyxiation. Yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. I couldn't remember if he just he uh, like uh, KO'd him or if he actually killed him. Well, I mean, I assume he killed him, but they, they, they don't really say it in the movie. But I, but I saw him like just slink down. I, I don't think he used to survive a strangulation like that. Or so at least we're led to believe he's dead. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, no, that's cool. I, I'm glad that Finney did it. I mean, don't you think that's a way more um, justified ending versus? Oh, Finney gets saved by these cops and he's just sitting there yeah. being molested. Like, that's no fun. <laughs> no, it's not. No. Oh. Yeah. Let Finney have the glory of killing the motherfucker. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Even though I don't think it's very likely because he's a 13 year old boy, but in the guy's a big old man, you know, but, you know. Yeah, but, but he did have that stupid mask on limiting its vision. True. And have you ever been hit in the face with like a dirt clotted up old plastic phone? It's got to, it's got to fuck with your, I have uh, not. like, I'm not. Yeah. Happy. What's, you, you know when you like slap someone in the ear and they lose like their balance yeah. and they're all yeah. like out like you that shit's real you know you, right. hit, exactly. you hit somebody one time in the right spot of the head and they can't kind of see straight so they're not very effective at fighting after that that's true I mean, I, I'm just thinking like you know the kids tiny skinny and the other guys like taller and stronger like me, maybe you can put more of a fight but you know I get it it's a movie so th- there you go all that right. part was fine I, I wouldn't yeah. quibble with that yeah, it's fine. I, I like the ending, though. I, I do like the ending. Yeah, me too. Now, the thing is, I'm not sure if it was clear, though, in the movie, but uh, he had one house across the street. is where he, he he buried the... He had one house to bury the people in the in a basement. Other house was, was for... Across the street was for where he lived, and that's where he had, the basement was and all that, so... Yeah, I recall that. You do. So okay. that, that was kind of like throwing off, like, the cops. Like, they yes. had an address or something, and they went and searched it, but they're like, there's nobody here, and they end up being yeah. just the, the stash house. Right, right, yeah. All right, now we go to the movie panel of questions here. All right, so if you recommend this movie to a stranger, what would you, you need to say to make it uh, click for them? I would say it's a really unique 
you know take on the whole uh, abduction story like yeah. you, you get a, you get a really um spiritful kid who wants to fight back and he gets chained down in this basement and he's talking to the souls of the dead kids who were you know killed there before him it's it's a very yeah look look every movie like like template story has been done so many times at this point all you can yeah. do is try and give it some new wrinkle to change the paradigm and yeah. that's what that's what this movie did Yes, and before I give my answer, I want I want to say this also. At the end of the movie, where at the end of the movie where where Gwen and Finn they all hug and all that, the dad comes out, hugs Finn and Gwen. It's like it's like oh, so maybe they'll they'll be a good family now and they'll have some good times down the road. I think. Yeah, for two weeks until the guy like gets in trouble at work and goes on a bender and like attacks the kid kids again. I was hoping that he might go to like a AA or whatever you know and get some. Help, yeah, maybe maybe he could just give the kids to like his really nice sister in law or something, or an uncle or an aunt or whatever. Yeah, grandma. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, my answer to this one is: if you have, if you love cringy, dark kid snatching thrillers, who doesn't? Movies for you. Yeah. You think it's cringy? You you that's the first word you used was cringy? Yeah. You think you find this movie cringy? There's some moments, yeah, there's some few moments I I thought was really cringy, but well, uh, you know kind of the modern decorum of cringe is like I don't want to watch this. I can't believe I'm seeing this. You're making me uncomfortable. But I feel like you might be using it just the I'm scared cringe way. Is that right? Well, I'm not scared at all. I, I don't I don't I don't scare at all um during movies and stuff, but I just like just like the scenes with with the, the grabber with the shirt off and staring at the basement door and like just the naughty boy stuff. Yeah. Just a few cringy scenes there. That's all. Well, well that's I all. would just say that if you want to, if you want to build up a really fucked up villain in your movie, you got to have him doing some fucked up shit. So people believe it. True. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. All right. Now does the soundtrack work for you? I remember thinking the score was good. I don't particularly remember the soundtrack. I I don't remember like what songs were used. I, I think it was period songs, like I late seventies. And there really wasn't really a soundtrack. It was, it was just about a bunch of sound effects. Yeah, the score. The score, yeah, the score. So yeah, the soundtrack. score was good. Yeah, yeah. I, I was, yeah, it was it was good stuff. I I loved it. Um. All right. Now recasting possibilities. Only only re, only recast. Um, what, what what would you do if you had to re, recast one or two um, people in the movie? Um, I don't know. I, I don't have a problem with Ethan Hawke. And I said yeah. I really like Jeremy Davies as the drunk dad. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion on any modern day young male actors that would have done better than this kid. So I, I guess I'm fine with it. Well, I did it just for, just for the... Uh, question just, just just for you know SNGs you know um, I would recast the grabber Ethan Hawke was he was awesome though I, he was awesome but just for the um, podcast here I would I would say put Dennis Leary in that role he plays a great creepy guy he does I guess I don't know he's kind of old now well so is Ethan, Ethan Hawke well Dennis Lurie plays a real bad guy. I like. I watched him on uh, One Order, uh, Organized Crime. Yeah, he's a bad dude. So yeah, I'd definitely do that. I would go the other way. I'd go like, give me like Andre the Giant as the grabber. <laughs> you know, somebody really fucking imposing like oh, that. Okay. Let's see that. Let's see that little dirt clawed phone work on him. <laughs> oh, if he was alive, yeah, for sure, exactly. Actually, by the end of his life, he he was his back was so bad he couldn't, oh, I bet. he couldn't do really any stunts anymore. In uh, fact, in fact, the scene in um, the Princess Bride mm-hmm. where the princess falls from the stables and he catches her, she was on ropes there, and you can kind of see her oh, bounce okay. when he catches her, like because you kind of see the jog on on the ropes. Okay, because his back was just so shot because he was such a big man, you know. I've only seen that movie like one time. I'm not really a big fan of that of that movie at You're all. You're not a big fan of Princess Bride? What are you doing reviewing movies for a podcast? Like, <laughs> it's clearly not your strength. I've seen it one time. It's uh, it it okay. It you okay. this we're talking just so anyone everyone knows. Ozzy like watched the entire original series of Baywatch from oh, beginning to end, yeah. but he's only seen the Princess Bride once, and he has mixed feelings about it. <laughs> well, I enjoyed the scenery on Baywatch, but. Uh... Yeah. All right. There you go. There's your cringeness. Like, yeah, 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 that that scenery for for 14 year old boys back in 1995 (laughs) when internet porn wasn't readily available. What do you need it for? 
It doesn't I, make any sense. I like the acting, I guess. Uh, you know, whatever. Oh, yeah. It's dynamite acting. You know what Pam Anderson screams? Great actress. <laughs> David, when you think of David Hasselhoff, all you think of is the amazing well, acting ha- prowess. I'll give you that. Hasselhoff is not great. He's well, not, he's the star of the show. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, the guy is so bad at acting. His son, Hobie, wasn't great either. You have a point. You have a point there. I'm sorry. You have a point there. Okay. You have a point. All right. All right. All right. I've given you a shit. We can move on. It's it's all it's all it's all good. Uh, now, uh, what actor or character or character from the show would you have as a ho as a, as a guest on a podcast? Oh, the grabber for sure. Yeah. yeah. I'd want to know like what makes him tick and like what his dad did to him and walk me through like the full story of what you did to those other like five or six kids. Like that's yeah. what's. That's what's interesting about this movie is there leaves a lot to the unknown. Like we, yeah. we kind of know the five or six victim kids that we're talking to Finn, but we don't know everything about them. That's what that shit yeah. you could ask the grabber. Exactly. I, I, with, with the same answer, I said, uh, I'd love to have the grabber on the podcast just to get into his head space and see why he did what he did. So, yeah, absolutely. All right, here we go. Um, what scene is the furthest from the tr- reality called the scene breaker, in your opinion? Yeah, I mentioned it earlier. I just don't buy that the brother-in-law lives with the grabber and doesn't know that all the subduction stuff is going on. Like, yeah. it, it just doesn't work for me. And I know there's a lot of weird ghosty shit going on in this movie. But for some <laughs> reason, that's the part that I find the stupidest. Yeah. Well, here's mine. Call me, call me crazy here. But I said perhaps every scene with the black phone that rang unplugged black phone that rang wasn't really it never happened in real life you know yeah the ghosty shit yeah i would not i would not buy a phone that was unplugged or see it not hooked up to ring so yeah that's not that that'd be my answer there all right very yeah. literal answer Ozzy. Hey, well, it's, it's fine that's what i said yeah. yeah all right um what are some of your favorite scenes moments characters etc from this film well i i just thought that jeremy davies gave the best performance for yeah. that de- that dad i just thought he was just great in fact he was going to be in some if i give him a quick plug yeah he was going to be in another movie coming up that's based on a book that i've read that like hmm. no one else has ever read okay well, not no one but very few people and it's called it's called dark harvest Dark and, Harvest, it, and it's in post-production right now. But Dark Harvest is this really cool book about this little town in the Midwest in the 50s that every year this like this monster grows in the pumpkin patch and the monster has to get to this church in the middle of town and all the teenage boys are trying to kill the monster before he gets to the church. And it's like this annual tradition and it's this really like high-octane, like Jerry Bruckheimer-type story Ooh, okay. of all these angry kids trying to kill this this October boy is what they call him. And yeah. it's this really fun little sh- short novel that my mom and I read a few years back. Hmm. And, and after I saw the black phone, I was researching this actor. So I was like, where do I know him from? I was like, Oh yeah, that's the guy from justified. And I saw that he was going to do dark harvest. Hmm. I was like, Holy shit. They're making dark harvest into a movie. There you so, go. So that's my plug is when dark harvest comes out, it's in post right now. Okay. Go see Jeremy Davies in that movie. Cause that's an awesome story. Is it? It's a true story, or, or is it? No, no, it's fictional. no. Oh, fictional. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check it out. I like it. Yeah. yeah. The the author of the book is named Norman Partridge. Oh, okay. Plug there, him real quick. There, Norman Partridge sounds like an old guy. I, I don't, okay. I don't, <laughs> could could just be a guy named Norman. I don't the know. Partridge family. You know? Oh, that's what you mean. Or Norman too is also, I guess, an old name too. Norm, you know. Yeah. But my favorite scene uh, was when the grabber and Finney fought to the death. And then by far my favorite character was the sassy sister Gwen. But the she's like a ES she has the ESP in though. She, like you don't be, you don't believe in that shit. I don't believe it, but I loved her I love her acting. It was fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she was good for, for a ute, wasn't she? For a ute. For a ute. A, a ute, yeah. What's a ute? Yeah. Yep. All right. Now, what would you change about the ending? And the answer not, nothing's not an option. Um, maybe it would have been cool if uh, Finn killed that stupid coked out brother too. <laughs> just because I hated that character. Like I love that he yeah. killed. I killed killed the grabber. Maybe he could have got a two for one somehow and killed both those bastards. Right, right. Now the only thing I would change is when police went to the house across the street 
that they would have found the kids alive and tied up rather than buried in the graves in the basement. Uh, I like that's it. Only, that's only that's it's logical, but you know it's what I do sometimes. I'm too logical. Some points. But, oh, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Um, what would it work in the movie if it was filmed today? Well, it was only filmed like eight, like two years ago. I mean, it was set in '78. I'm just saying the time frame, the time of the movie. You know, it was filmed. To I, just go with me there. If it was filmed twenty, if it was actually set place in 2023, um, what would not work today for this film? Um. So if the movie was set in 2023. Yeah, so like, here's, here's my answer to this one. Here's my answer for this. Yeah, why don't you do it? All right. Uh, pinball machines in a convenience store because those don't exist no more. You think pinball machines don't exist? In a convenience store. Um, These days, they don't. Yeah, I guess probably not. Probably unlikely. Yeah. You, you might see a... You know what still exists in those stupid convenience stores is those dumb little, like... Uh, you put a penny in and you put 50 cents in and they press your penny to give you some stupid logo or something. Oh, right. It's like right. the equivalent of taking your penny to the train tracks, except that's not fun and you have to pay an extra 50 cents. <laughs> right. That's Short kind thing. of like a pinball. I don't know. I'm, I'm right. I'm, I'm, I got nothing. That's, that's okay. That's okay. All right. And here we have a new one. We have my friend Ryan who, uh, he goes, uh, if you could watch the same movie, but told from a different character's point of view, who would it be and why? Oh, Gwen, the little sister. Yes, there because you go. she got she has the dreams and all that. And you could make it more, uh, yeah, more like a fairy tale, um, where she's seen visions of things that don't they're not really reality and they're just they're just clues, you know. Yeah, and she, and the whole movie's about her trying to find and save her brother, and maybe the the dead kids are are reaching her through her dreams instead of reaching Finn through the black phone. Yeah. Now I think this movie was this movie was told through the eyes of I think Finney was the main thing in this one. Yeah. But I would want to see it through the eyes of the catcher POV because I like to see the psychological elements of serial killers, see what makes them tick. You know, see get give them like a backstory of, of how he got there, you know. Hmm. Okay, that'll work. Yes. Now before we get into the last part of the podcast here, um Anything I may have missed um, before all this? I don't know. Did you? Probably, quite possibly, but I don't, I don't care. So I don't know. Yeah, we'll just say no. I gave you the clip notes at least, you know, of the movie. So you did. I did. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Um, now, how do you rate this movie out of five stars? You know, um, pretty much all of last. I'm one of these guys that has a lot of opinions on movies and I'm uh, always talking a lot of shit yeah. and people always like to ask, well, what movies did you like? And right. for, for the last like year, especially horror, cause the horror is kind of like my thing. Yeah. And for the past year or so, I've been telling everybody the only two recent horror movies that I really liked were the black phone and prey, okay. which is that predator prequel. Oh, okay. And like, that's it. So I, I would probably give this movie a five out of five. I like, I don't, it doesn't, most movies don't pass the Adam litmus test. <laughs> no shit. And, and this one does. So I, <laughs> yeah. I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't downgrade it for anything. I liked it. I liked Ethan Hawke as the grabber. Surprisingly, because I'm not an Ethan Hawke fanboy or anything. I mean, he's fine. Right. But he's fine. Yeah, uh, I give it five stars as well. Um, uh, great characters and great plot twists. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah, five stars for me. I, I'm a hard getter too, but five stars for me as well. And now we will close it out with a random food corner. So this week is Super Bowl Sunday coming up the Sunday. So most of these are Super Bowl related. So here's here you go. So uh, what Super Bowl food that gets overlooked? Do you think in your in your eyes? An overlooked Super Bowl food. Yes, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. You know, everyone does nachos, right? I yeah. Like I feel like I always have some form of good nachos, but I. I want to. I want to be specific here. Okay. The the meat that is put on nachos is often overlooked. Okay, it's a very critical part of how the nacho tastes. Absolutely. I think you need to uh, grill up some chicken, or excuse me, dice up dice up some chicken, and then grill it so you get those little cubies. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Or if you're gonna use grilled beef, that's fine too. Or carnitas. Yeah. It's, it's gotta. It's gotta be well done. I don't like a soft nacho meat. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I want that. it to be a little yeah. chewy. Okay. Yeah. I respect that. What do you think? Um, well, well, mine is a little smoky. It's over my overlooked uh, uh, terrible food. Because they, they, when, I, when I go to parties and stuff, they don't get touched all that often. So they're, they're just overlooked sometimes, I guess. Little smokies, I think, is my answer. I kind of have a I kind of have a hate for little smokies. Oh, or really? Yeah. They well, it's because you can't ever taste like, the smoky. All you can you taste like is sausage? the sauce. Do you like sausage? I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I'm not I'm not like in love with it or anything. But like oh. the problem with little smokies is all you can taste is the sauce. So if that sauce is off a little at all, mm-hmm. the the sausage can't save it. Oh, I love sausage and uh, yeah. So, but don't you agree that the sauce is just so overpowering? If you don't have good sauce, your little smoky I've sucks. I've never had an issue with that before, so I would say no. I also, for for some reason, and I don't. I, this is this is going to derail the podcast. Sure, but little Smokey is what this this guy I used to know referred to as his manhood. Uh-huh. He referred to yeah. it as his little Smokey. Who and, who, and when who, I who there was guy? some guy I worked with him. What, oh. So when I was in college, I got to be the uh, the announcer for the Spokane River Hawks and the Spokane okay. Falls Community College baseball and softball team. Okay. And this guy was the guy that would sit in the box office with me and record all the stats. Okay. And I don't even remember his name. I only worked with him at this at this one place, and he referred to his as his little Smokey. Oh my god! So whenever people say or talk about little Smokies, <laughs> I think of this man's penis. Oh, and so, needless to say, it's not all that appetizing to me. Right. <laughs> exactly. All right. We'll move on from that one. Um. Now, this is a, the only one I have is non verbal related here, so. My friend Joe asks, is spending four fifty to five hundred dollars a month on groceries for two people too much in your opinion? Or is it about right? For two people? Yeah. Does this person live in Spokane? They they do, yes. I would say it's on the higher end, but I don't yeah. think that makes it wrong. If you if some people love food and it, you, dude, Whole Foods, you're gonna spend a lot more money at Whole Foods than you are at Albertsons or whatever. Yeah. I don't. I don't judge people for what they spend on food. Like oh, I don't either. We don't spend that much on groceries per month, but we do if you include all the times we eat eat out. You know what I mean? Right. right. Eating out so fucking. Well, I can tell you this. Um, here in Spokane, the grocery prices are really sky high. So this actually is pretty average for people. You know, it's not that big of a deal for that amount of money. Yeah. I, what was your, what was your friend's name? Joe. Joe. Yeah, yeah. I would tell Joe that. All right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Now we have, uh, this is from oh, Ryan, my friend Ryan. Um, what's one food commonly brought to Super Bowl parties that you would never want except at a Super Bowl, Super Bowl party, if that makes sense? So you would only want it at a Super Bowl party? Yes. Ooh, do you have an answer for this? Mine is mozzarella, mozzarella sticks is my my answer to that one. So you would never eat mozzarella sticks unless you were at a Super Bowl I mean, party. I would, but I rarely eat them. Um, you know, well, they so. used to have them on the the Applebee's half price app. Thing. Oh, okay, there and, you go. So I'm not saying I've never ordered. My wife buys them like frozen and cooks like she'll eat them as like a snack. Well, she only cook like two of them. Oh, two of them. Come on, Jill. I know, but the, I, she just that's how she is. Okay. Well, I she, bought the whole thing on at the store last weekend for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl this Sunday. So. Yeah, I don't think I have a. I mean, if I'll eat something at Super Bowl, I'll eat it somewhere else. I, I don't know. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of an odd question to me. It is. That's why I make make, make you think a little bit. But yeah, there you go. All right, this is from my friend Roy. Uh, what's your favorite Super Bowl appetizer? So when I was little, my yeah. my sister would take care of me a lot because we didn't have real babysitters because we were broke asses. <laughs> And my sister was six years older than me. So when I was like five, she was 11 and she was babysitting me, right? Yeah. And one of the only things she would make for me that I actually liked were these weird little hors d'oeuvres. And let me explain it to you. You take a good pickle. Okay. And you cut it into spears. Mm -hmm. Then you take some good cheese, whatever you've got. And then you take your best lunch meat, a thin lunch meat, like a turkey or a chicken, but like a thin sliced deli lunch meat. Mm-hmm. And you wrap that lunch meat around your pickle and cheese and stick a toothpick through it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you're really eating like a sandwich without bread. Right. 
Actually, I should actually like that now because bread don't bread don't. I'm not really kind of bread these days. You know, they don't taste that good so anymore. Pretty carby too. So you, yeah, you're cutting out the carbs, you're just getting. Yep. So you're really just eating pickle and cheese wrapped in a little thing of lunch meat, and I I found yeah. it delicious. And you can dip it in a little bit of mustard or something if you like. You don't have to. Right. But, but that's like sort of like me and my sister's little broke ass, you know, ap- appetizer yeah. that we've always yeah. grown up on and that I actually like. Fantastic. Well, mine are two. I have two that I like. Um, besides those monkeys, obviously, but besides that, our pigs in a blanket is good. Disgusting. Um, <laughs> of course, you would say that. Um, but be- but beyond that, I would say pizza bagels are really good too. Hmm. You don't like those either, huh? Well, it's not that I don't like them. I just I really haven't eaten them all that much my whole life. Oh. I've probably had them once or twice ever my whole life. For for some reason, they've just eluded me. I don't have. A, I mean, I can imagine what they taste like, and they're probably fine. If you I'm love not, pizza and bagels, I think you love them. Yeah, I'm sure they're fine. I, I've oh, yeah. got no criticism of it. I just haven't yeah. had them much. Oh, I hear you. Yeah, they're fantastic. Um, all right. What, so my, do, you a, brand, what's do, that? do you have a brand of pizza bagel you'd recommend to the listening audience? I wouldn't. I do not. I just have whatever. So whatever's in the freezer, you'll buy it. Yeah. yeah All right. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. All right. This is from my other friend Ryan. Uh, he asks, "For do you prefer spicy wings or barbecue wings?" Barbecue. Um, yeah. Spicy I... wings are are good, but here's the problem with me. Yeah. You have to have like a chaser almost, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're yeah. constantly also eating celery after each wing or you're constantly drinking your beer or what have you, yeah, which just makes you full and go through your meal faster. It's like, I want to take breaks between eating. I don't want a, a task to eat something else to offset what I just ate. Right. And it's not that I don't like spicy wings, but if I have to pick one, I'm taking barbecue. Okay. There you go. I hear you. I, I love barbecue because my palate does not uh, adapt well to spicy things like really my ears go on fire i turn red it's not really good i start to sweat i I burn i sweat yeah it's not good yeah that's no good not 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 what you want when you're trying to just enjoy your day (laughs) exactly all right we have our final food and i'll have one more random for you um all right this is my friend brie best friend brie um she asks how many pounds of avocados Will be purchased for Super Bowl Sunday this uh, this year. What, like in the country? In the country, yeah. Shit, I mean, I don't know exactly a fucking lot. That's how much, like, yeah, like homemade to... guac from avocado is the shit. Yeah, well, I don't, I'm not a fan of avocados myself. I don't like guacamole. I don't like avocados either. Do you make it homemade? I don't eat them. I, I don't. I don't make. I don't eat avocados. I don't eat. I don't. I don't even uh, eat guacamole. It's disgusting. All right, well, this this is your second worst take of the day. <laughs> the first being like pigs in a blanket, but well, my first was the worst when I talked about the molesting and the murdering and yeah, the oh yeah, and all that. I think yeah, that's probably the worst. Yeah, yeah. Okay, You've, yeah, a few bad takes today. That's um, fine. That's fine. No guacamole, dude. Like, let it fly. Let it fly. Gu- guacamole, man. You. You have to chop everything up really finely. Okay, I think this is one problem that people make, and I talk about this. They, okay. if you're using, um, some people put like, it's not called celery. It's called, it's that other green, uh, the names, the names on the tip of my tongue hmm. for what name of vegetable it is, but you got to chop it up really fine and you got to chop your onions up super fine. I don't want chunks of onion in my guac. I want the, I want the onion to like blend in, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I think it, it's just, it looks like a, a big, a big thing of throat, a puke, you know, it's like, it looks like, ugh. I've had, I've had guacamole before and it just doesn't taste too well for my palate, you know? You know so our friends put like lard in their guacamole that yeah. I ate. Like it was disgusting. And they're like, this Why is how they do it. That? At, I don't know. They're like, this is how they do it at Mexican restaurants. So I was like, well, uh, why do they do uh, Mexican restaurants taste better than this? This right, sucks. Right, right. So those of you putting guac in your, or excuse me, lard in your guacamole, like you need to answer for yourself. You taste, like you're not yeah. doing it right, some of you. Right. I, I, I mean, I don't mind guacamole, but no my favorite thing to eat you know um but yeah the pounds um in the united states this year is is supposed to be 139.4 million pounds of guacamole of avocados are are being purchased so 140 million pounds basically 140 million pounds yeah yeah okay well there you go brie 
Yep, yep. She loves she loves her guacamole. Well, good for her. I'm on her side more than yours, just for the record. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's fine. That's fine. All right, we'll do one thing and then we'll let you go. Um, again, this is coming on the podcast again, again. You gotcha. Fantastic. Um, all right, a random question for you. Like the last time we were on, I, we, we did seven ten or KJR, so you know, that's fine. So now on this subject here. Um, I'll ask you, what is your, fa- who's your favorite guest to appear on your favorite Seattle sports talk show? Um, well, I'm such a, I'm such a Seahawk lover. Yeah. And I, I gotta go with Pete Carroll, mm. even though yeah. he's Mr. Positivity and all that, yeah. like he, he still is honest. Like, yeah. the, the, I really appreciate his interviews because he'll, he'll really tell you what he thinks about things sometimes. And he'll okay. tell you real weaknesses. Now it's, it's crammed into a lot of like, <laughs> we've got a lot of room for growth. And you guys are killing it. And we're going to grow a lot. and We're going to learn a lot. Like it's like, yeah. there's just, there's little snippets of it in there though. Yeah. But I love his willingness to address hard questions. And I love, I love his spirit and how he tackles adversity. And I wish I could, tackle adversity in my own life as well as he does it's something it's something very remarkable whether you like the man or not yeah. he's 72 years old and he's right. had a, an amazing career yeah. p- promoting boys into men in yeah. many different ways and like, you right. got to respect the way he is and his messaging like he's really effective at what he does oh yeah i agree i mean he's great but not a fan of, of himself but yeah he's a good guest on rock and sock during the season. You're not a fan of Pete Carroll, is that what you just said? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Pete Carroll. You're an anti-Pete Carroll Seahawk fan? In the last couple of years, yeah. I'm not a fan of Pete. Even even this last year, even they ship Russ off, which yeah. I know you were on the whole keep Russ and get rid of Pete bandwagon. Uh, I, I, I was get, get rid of both, but yeah. Okay. But this year, with no quarterback and with all that, all those rookies, he still takes him to the playoff. You still question him. I give credit to Josh Hunter on that one. Oh, that's all John Schneider, huh? John He's out there coaching the team. He, he got the guys to to play there. Yeah, I just, I don't like I uh, I think he's retired, you know. But he's too. He, you know what? Like I, I'm I'm not a huge age. It's just a number kind of guy. Like no, well, yeah, it's a number that represents your age. But Pete yeah. Carroll, yeah, Pete Carroll is so full of youthful exuberance. He is. he is. The guy doesn't need to retire. He's not too old for this. He's still better than more than half the coaches in this league. Oh, I, I, he's great. Uh, he's a great coach. I mean, I just not. I want Mo- most like, people would I, I rank want... him like a top five coach in the NFL still oh, at age seventy-two. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I think I want a younger um, person has a, has wants to pass the ball more than like six times a game and stuff. So I like so, so someone who has more. You know, who will adapt to today's uh, offenses and all, you know that sort of thing. But okay, well, he just took Geno Smith to the Pro Bowl with his style. So you know, uh, the Pro Bowl. Huh. I'm just saying, like, the league thought Geno Smith was one of the top three best quarterbacks in the NFC and Pete Carroll's offense and system and all that. After, so. they were, after the guys said, no, thank you, I won't go to the Pro Bowl. Oh, Gino can go. No, 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 no. Pete, uh, Gino was not an alternate. Gino was a first selection. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not a fan of him either, by the way. I'm not a fan of Geno Smith either. All right. Well, well but you, but you must acknowledge that most people thought Geno Smith was complete shot. Like that, he wasn't oh, gonna he wasn't gonna yeah. be any good. And suddenly, in Pete Carroll's old man run the ball system, he just yeah. made a fucking Pro Bowl. Oh yeah, I, I give him credit for for that for for you know doing that stuff. But you know, I'm not a fan of Geno Smith. I think he's like one and done, like a one, like a one and done, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, he might be, but even if he did it, he did it under Pete. Oh yeah, I give I give, I give Pete credit this year for sure. So Pete made yeah. Russ, and now he just took Geno Smith to the Pro Bowl when yeah. he was in college. Think of all the quarterbacks he spit out in the NFL. Now, not all of them worked out once they left his little nest. Right. We're talking Mark Sanchez, John David Booty, Carson yeah. Carson Palmer. Yeah. There's like two other names that I'm forgetting. Like, oh, um, the guy that went to the Cardinals. What was that kid's name? Uh, the really the good looking guy before before Brady and Jimmy G. Liner. Liner. Yeah, Matt Liner. Yeah. yeah. Like these yeah. were all huge college quarterbacks. Oh. Like they were like yeah. absolute studs under Pete Carroll. Oh yeah, I like Pete. I mean, I I just don't like him like the last couple years. I think you know that's that's all. There's know. so many holes in your argument. Your argument is a sponge. That's that's fine. I don't S- care. SpongeBob Aussie pants argument. <laughs> I just I just don't like him. I, I mean, I like him as a person, you know, as a coach. Um, great. He's a great man. Too. Great career. I mean, great man. But I'm just not a fan of his uh, uh, just like overly positive 
speak every week and like just covers all the you know that's you know his his whole his whole thing is worn off on me a little bit like Sherman does, but um yeah anyways, well my <laughs> my favorite my favorite uh, Seattle sports guest I have two actually one for KJ one for seven ten seven ten my answer would be um I I like Depoto on the show yeah because he's he's like he will give you like the backstory so i'll give you like real stuff you won't be like uh all this bs stuff people always like try to just, like they like 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 you know like a, the pc stuff like he, he's just, like real real stuff it breaks it down for you it's pretty cool yeah he's really smart i really like the too he was my second choice for your question okay who is your least favorite um guest um mine's pretty, you know, but, yeah what who is it my least favorite is uh g scott like oh he's awesome. yeah i don't i don't care for him but I, I i still prefer him to that stacy rost so she, i well, guess not, she's uh a she's host, on right? the station regularly and that that's close enough <laughs> she's poisoning airwaves every day from from, from, from 10 to 2 <laughs> yeah it's, i can't stand her i can't stand yeah. these like five foot nothing girls that are yeah. so loud and never shut up you know the type they've got like this complex because they're so small so they like need right. to be heard so they're just like overly loud and they talk too much that's her to a fucking t and i just i don't like those kinds of women they annoy me and more is like she's she's 510 but she's she's nice and quiet and like a mouse you know she's she comes in and comes out you know like, like yeah, i'm not saying women need to be quiet or anything i'm just saying stacy ross talks way too fucking much you, you yeah. need to be in the acceptable range of how much you talk for me to like I, you and she is I, well above it I wouldn't know because I don't listen to, to the show, their show, so I, I don't know. Well, I but, gave it a chance for a couple of weeks when they first oh, came you? on. I couldn't, oh, okay. I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Okay. Well, my other favorite uh, favorite uh, guest on KGR, which I still listen to, I listen to KGR and Seven Ten, Rock and Salk and Safi and Dick, um, is a guy you don't, you don't like at all, but I like him a lot, and that's Petros Papadakis. He's yeah, he's just kind of. I'm a big, I'm a big bumbling Greek. Dope is like his whole <laughs> shtick. It's it's almost like a Chris Farley character. Really? You know? okay. Yeah, I don't know. It, it doesn't do it for me. I find him very, I don't know, folksy. I think is the right word. He's okay. very folksy to me. Interesting. Well, I, I like him in Holmgren. That's good. Like Holmgren's, Holmgren's good. mailing it in. Yeah. Holmgren yeah. and Boone. They don't do any prep. They just get on and then <laughs> wing it. You know, he does a lot of prep though, which I love. Hugh Millen, he's awesome. Hugh Millen, he's great. I don't know. Hugh Millen said that Tariq Woolen was going to be the biggest project that the Seahawks ever drafted. And the dude just finished in second place for defensive rookie of the year. I think Hugh Millen's kind of – I think he's lost his fastball. No. He was just saying that, that Tariq Woolen was a project as far as, like, his, his his lack of experience on, you know, as a corner. But as far as the skills, though, he's, like, top-notch. So Well, everyone could see the 40-time and all that. All, all he was saying was, like, just his, his raw ability is he hasn't played that much in college. Is all he was, well, all well don't you think it's fair to say that after Tariq Woolen, that was a big miss on his analysis? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I think it is. I think he's saying this kid's going to need more work than anybody. And right out the shoot. He's defensive rookie of the year almost. He so I think fast. I think it's the opposite of what you said. He, he said he's going to need all this work. He didn't. He was pretty much a ready-made product. He just needed a little coaching. He was a fast learner, right? You know. Oh, so Hugh Millen was right. The, Absolutely. But this guy was just such a fast learner. Come on. He sure was. He's fantastic. I thought you said you stopped listening to KJR because a bunch of fucking buffoons over there. Oh uh, no, they no no. I like KJR. Um, I I, I do I do uh, I do shopping dick at night and I do buck talk in the morning. You do not listen to Chuck and Buck. Oh, no, no, no. no. I only do one show on KJR, and that's it. Softy okay. and Dick, and that's it. Uh, yep. Everyone else, I just, I, I, yeah, no, I can't do Chuck and Buck. I can't do Ian Furness. I can't do uh, Puck and Jim. No. What happened to Mitch in the morning? Where'd that guy go? <laughs> you don't know the story there. No. Oh, my God. Okay. Like a long time ago, like maybe five seven years ago or whatever it was he was arrested for solicitation of a prostitute and in seattle and he was fired from kgr and he now has his own podcast though um he does he, he's an editor for a long time but yeah that's where he's now he's, he's his own podcast now so he tried to pick up a hooker he he yeah. He got hey, it. speaking of Super Bowl, do you remember when Eugene Robinson, Robinson? got arrested? 
like the we yeah. and everyone found out like the morning before the Super Bowl or something. Yeah, for the Falcons. Yeah. yeah, and it was like he had he was a Seahawk like two or three years before that, so we all yeah. knew him. Oh yeah, it's like holy shit, Eugene Robinson, you idiot! You're supposed to be like you know sleeping in. It's the he Super is, Bowl. He is married and stuff, and has kids. And I was like, oh. not a good look for Eugene. Interesting, interesting indeed. Yeah, too and bad. He, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I I do love KJR. Only for cracking stuff because you know KJR is good because like Softy and Dick they do a lot of Husky football talk and Marisiak stuff. They they have a lot of good guests on their show, and like from all across the country. So I, I like their 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 shtick. I like I like them. They're the ones I'll listen to if I need some content. And I'm out of everything else. I'll listen to Dick and Softy occasionally, but I won't listen to Petros or Humilin segments. Those sections get skipped. <laughs> Yeah, I don't skip any any segments at all. Um, I only skip segments on only rock and talk once a week, and that's G Scott on Fridays. And that's about it. So, yeah, that's yeah. fine. That's fair. Yep. And finally, my question I ask before we go is, um, I, this is from me last time on the podcast we did with the NFL people on my show. But uh, for me, um, what is your favorite favorite brand and flavor of cough drops? Oh, mine's shit. pretty easy, but yeah, it's pretty easy. But. You know, they had these Ricola ones. Ricola yeah. that had these, like, these little pockets of honey in them. Yeah, I have one of those here. Yeah. And when you break the the candy shell or whatever, this little pocket of honey would drip into your mouth and it tasted so like warm and it makes you all tingly and you, it felt like you were getting the medicine. I don't know. There was something about that that I liked. But a good old like, I don't know, like blue raspberry or whatever halls is fine yeah. too. Well, yeah, my, my the go to for, for me, the goat of cough syrup, not cough drops, is Halls, obviously, and it's the cherry flavor is the best. You know? No, yeah, no. Everyone on the pod last night said Halls cherry all across the board. Halls, that's cherry. that's only because that's the only one most you can probably remember what it tastes like because that's such that distinct nasty medicine taste, and they were the most readily available, especially when we were kids. But oh. nowadays, you're still picking cherry over the the blue ones. The blue ones, they're like they're like menthol or something they like they, they don't hurt they don't taste like shit they like make your mouth feel like minty well honestly i never had a blue one so i can't really i can't really say i i only get cherry so that's what i'm saying that, that's yeah you voted for the only one you ever tried is right my point well i have ricola here as well as you were saying the ones you have ricola i have those you're, as well you're but. cough drop racist you only pick the cherry hey i'm okay to be a cherry enthusiast you're a cherry that's, picker that's <laughs> that's fine by me fine by me all right well thanks for coming on the podcast again adam um yeah thanks for having me on we'll do it again sometime down the road for a new movie all right buddy you have a good day all right yep all right see ya bye